0: Uh, Matthew chapter 16, uh, then uh, beginning in verse 13. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed. And on the third day, be raised. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord. This shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Truly, I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And So among us this morning, the passage goes on to speak of the transfiguration. A few of us several weeks ago got to see other places that Peter speaks of that. I love the way that Jesus teaches his disciples, or I love the way that Jesus disciples them, uh, how he leads them forward, how much love he shows for them, how much patience uh, he shows uh, to them, and how directly, uh, step by step uh, forward, he leads them, and he's constantly developing them. Uh, and they do, as you watch over Scripture, become uh, incredibly bold and so much more uh, wise and, uh, and, and become witnesses to his glory, witnesses to the gospel, uh, many of them being being martyred, some very early on even. Uh, so bold is their commitment to the truth of who Jesus is. I love the way Jesus uh, leads and develops his disciples. And I also love the way that his disciples are so slow. Uh, And it's okay to say how much they're so stupid at times, like in this passage that we're reading. Uh, I love how thick-headed they can be, how, how often they miss what Jesus is talking about. Uh, you, you can read a few verses before in chapter 16 of the passage that we read, and Jesus makes this comment, beware of the leaven of the of the Pharisees because their teaching can really mess up a lot of, a lot of things. They have the wrong ideas in it. And his disciples, leaven goes into bread and makes it thicker. His, his disciples hear this, and they're like, oh, no, we forgot the bread. We forgot to bring food along, and now he's, he's saying something about this, and you're like, guys, how could, how, could they, how could they miss that? And all the time, that's what's going on. They're, they're missing it. All right. And, and I love that. It's helpful. Uh, I love even how, how selfish they can be and how self-concerned you see the disciples uh, at times when they're like, uh, Jesus, who's going to be the greatest in your kingdom? Uh, who gets to be at your right hand and your left hand? Uh, and Jesus' response is sort of like, um, guys, I'm, I'm going to be on a cross. <laughs> you, you don't know what you're asking, Right. I love how, how slow and off they are because it gives me hope. It gives me hope for me. It gives me hope for you. It gives me hope for all of us, for the way that Jesus leads us, for the way that he develops us and teaches us and brings us forward. So I want to bring out the message of the, of the passage this way. And I'll say this to some of you who are, who are former students um, uh, that, 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 that I, I love you. Uh, and this is what I want you to hear from this and to have heard from me many times. And the center point is our church family for so many years. Uh, y'all know that I love you. Uh, and this is what I want to hear from you, to be able to hear from this. Uh, but more, this is what Jesus wants for his followers. This is how Jesus uh, leads us and develops us. To put it simply this way, uh, keep learning the gospel. Keep learning the gospel uh, over and over because our hearts need it over and over again. Uh, It's richer and deeper than we realize it at any given point. And our souls need more and more of it. And we get just kind of used to saying the gospel whatever. I don't even just want to say it that way because it's not that Jesus just gives us the gospel. Or that it's not just that Jesus uh, earned this great thing through what he went through, and so now he gives to us the blessing of that. That's too distant when we look at it that way. But what does Jesus do? Jesus gives us himself, uh, that he is our hope. And so what I see Jesus doing with the disciples here, and what he's always doing with us, is he's given us himself, He's, he's showing us to keep learning Jesus. Uh, that we need him over and over and over again. And we get to keep coming back. However slow we realize we are, however off we realize we were in it, we get to keep coming back and watching him uh, leading us uh, forward. Keep learning Jesus as he gives us to himself. There's always a process with learning. So that's the way you don't start off just where you want to be. And Jesus is always bringing us uh, through that process. But the way learning goes, the more you know or the more you come to know, what comes with it? You realize how much more you don't know, right? You start off as a freshman and you learn some class and you're like, oh, there's this whole topic. And any grad student that I ever talked to as they were like kind of getting into the specialization of that field, like, oh, you must really know all these things. And they're like, oh, my goodness, I know, I know nothing. right?" I realize just how ignorant I am. Uh, or, to, or to put it this way, that, that sometimes as we learn in things, it's like you get it, but then you also realize that you still don't get it, uh, right? Then the more you, you get it, the, the more you see that you really, really still don't get it and have to keep coming back to it again uh, and, and again. Um, and I think we know uh, that experience. I was chatting with some uh, uh, former students out this weekend, and it was Anyway, we just talked about, man, after college, how much more difficult it is to build real relationships, to bring, build strong th- friendships and just see those things continue uh, to flourish. And it's one of those things that you can talk about while you're still in, while students are still in college, but, but then afterwards there's this different way that you get it. i like, oh yeah. It's, it takes work. It takes, it takes effort in developing these things. It's not just set up for you by the institution. Um, maybe, maybe another way of getting it. I'm just trying to get you all to get it, but don't get it. Um, I think all of us, uh, all of y'all like me, um, kind of really concerned after Michael coming through, not just for here, for here, and for people that you know, but then also everyone to the west of us. Um, and you see the pictures, uh, and you hear some stories about it, and it it hurts. Uh, and we want to be able to go over there and, and do things. And you kind of you start to get it, right, a little bit more uh, than just initially as you hear stuff. But then I've also gotten to have conversations with people who've been been over there, who've seen it firsthand, went through some of it. Uh, And as much as I start to get how much the devastation is, when I hear and talk to them, like, oh, I don't even get it. I don't realize what that would be like. Or to see a town, one of the guys would tell me, he's like, I know these places, but I walk through and I drive through and the landmarks that I'm used to aren't there anymore. Uh, And how do I even recognize that? Or maybe for a lighter note, um, the the very getting more and more uh, world-famous South Korean uh, band now, uh, BTS. No one? No one, somebody? Come on, right? Because it's one of those things, all right, like it's a boy band. I get that phenomenon, um, but, I, but I still, I don't get it, right? I don't get why does that all, I go there. Jesus is bringing us through this learning uh, process. Are we willing to learn? Are we willing to see um, where uh, where it leads? Are we willing to get it? Willing to learn when we don't get it? That's whether you're a Christian or not a Christian or not sure if you're a Christian or not sure what you would have to do uh, with Christianity. uh, Here's this passage. Keep learning Jesus. Keep learning Jesus because he is giving himself to you. So look at it in two parts, and then the two sections of the, of the passage um, really kind of parallel one another. I was fascinated the more that I looked at this to realize how much these uh, these sections put right next to, it, to each other. The whole even the structure is paralleled. So the first section is uh, thirteen through verse twenty, and then it's paralleled uh, by twenty one uh, to twenty eight. Uh, but it, but it starts. The first section is is getting it right. They're learning, and they're getting it right. It starts with this pair of questions uh, that Jesus asked the disciples. It's not that Jesus doesn't know the answer, uh, but what's he doing? He's leading them to the right response. Like a good teacher, he's asking the question to provoke their thought and curiosity about what really matters. Who do people say that the Son of Man is? He's not like conducting a, a... a popular opinion uh, survey uh, to test his approval ratings in the community to decide, to decide, like, when's the right time to start his campaign for people to know uh, what really matters about, about him and what he's come for, right? Uh, very thankfully, his is not that kind of kingdom. Uh, he's not waiting and determining just on our, on our response, the disciples do recognize and affirm that Jesus has a very a high approval in the community. He is very well thought of, uh, so well thought of that they are that people are talking about him and placing him in comparison to some of the great Old Testament figures. Uh, right to Elijah. Uh, to Jeremiah or some of the prophets or even uh, John the Baptist come recently who they had loved and, and flocked out into the wilderness to hear him speak. They're saying, maybe Jesus, it's, it's this same thing going on with him. The people were interested and interested with a very positive attitude uh, toward uh, Jesus. Um, it's kind of interestingly, that throughout history, Jesus seems to continue to be held uh, in very high regard. Uh, Certainly from people who may have grown up in any connection to the faith, but also generally well outside the faith. Um, People may dismiss Christianity, uh, may not really like Christians and the the claims of that, but they're not, you don't often hear people just speak badly about Jesus. Uh, This is this is you know speak about him as as, as someone um, horrible. He's a great figure who did amazing things, and, and we have a high regard to him. But all that completely misses who Jesus is. And as Jesus wants to speak to his followers, as he speaks to us, he asks the question to say, but move beyond that. All right, what's just some opinion about here? Maybe it's good and positive. Maybe you have positive feelings about me, but do you see who I am? Who do you say that I am? It's that most pressing uh, and personal question. Uh, And all of us need to hear Jesus uh, asking that question. I wish I just started my days uh, this way, of hearing that question as from Jesus, who do you say that I am? All right, David Story, who do you say that I am for you today with what you're going through, with the struggles that you're worried about, or the plans that you're not even thinking about me about, how do I matter in that? Who do you see that I am, and do you see the relevance of that for you in your situation where I've where I've put you? We'd be asking that over and over. And and in some moments, our hearts overflow with love and thankfulness at that question because we know He's our Savior. We know that He's the one who knows the depths of us and has loved us and made all the path clear before us and He'll bring us through it. And it is kind of this response with Peter we are overjoyed at who He is. In other moments, He feels distant. Feels, feels uninvolved, maybe. Maybe sometimes he feels uh, just unimportant to our experiences and the busyness of what we have to, have to get through that day. But it's the question that drives at faith, that drives at your heart, the heart of our relationship to Jesus. Do we see uh, who he is and how, how we need him? How we need to relate to him? Well, in this particular moment, uh, Peter gets it right, doesn't he? Uh, that's what Jesus is, is bringing out uh, for us here. And I know it's not like a, a hard concept now for people to go, oh, Jesus is the Christ. <laughs> like, yeah, we always just say Jesus Christ is so Jesus is himself. Yes, right. This is this feels obvious now on this side of all these things. But I want you to miss the. uh how uh, historic and incredibly momentous this occasion is in history, that God has now sent uh, the long-promised Messiah, and here, his disciples having seen what he's done, someone finally gets it. This is who we need. This is who's going to take care of everything. This is who's going to make all things right and new in the way that it should be, that all of, my, all of my hurt and all the help that I need actually hangs on this person and who he is. And not just for me, but for everyone. Right? Peter sees it. He gets it in the clarity of that moment. And with Peter's uh, passion and excitement and confidence, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Here is he who we need. Uh, and it's beautiful The Christ has come. And, and in that, that way of a teacher, Jesus takes this moment. He takes Peter getting it right, and he makes that memorable. Right? Not just, okay, correct answer, now let's move on for why that matters. Right? Uh, he takes that moment and makes it memorable for Peter. And imagine if you're the rest of the disciples standing around. Right? And you're like, well, some people say Elijah, maybe, maybe Jeremiah, one of the prophets. Who do you say? And Peter's like, you're the Christ. And Jesus says, yes. Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. You get it. This is what matters. And like, that was what I was going to say, actually, too. <laughs> right, was that kind of moment that brings us in and say, yes, this is the right answer. Because um, sometimes the answer in my heart is, um, well, I mean, there's important things about him, but I'm, I'm busy on these things. Right? No, the answer is, you're the one who I need that my hope needs to cling to in every moment. And Jesus is essentially saying it to, to Peter, if I can frame it this way, I was taking that response and saying, absolutely, yes. Uh, 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 and you don't even realize how right you are in this moment. I mean, Peter doesn't gr- get how momentous of an occasion this is uh, when he's saying uh, these words, but Jesus uh, does. Blessed are you, Simon, uh, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father, who is in heaven, has made this saving truth known uh, to you. Feels good if you're ever like taking, a, maybe it's even like taking a quiz or playing some game online, you know, quiz game or, or whatever. If you ever do these things, you know, if you say the wrong answer. You get that like response, like, right? And then if you get the right answer, it's like, ding, keep moving, ding, you get one of those things, right? That feel good moment with it. And then if you're like hitting all the things, or it's the especially um, uh, important thing, and you get that crushing right, and it's like, ding, 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 and all the lights are flashing, and it's here's jackpot, right? That's this moment right here. Uh, Peter hits uh, this answer and Jesus is putting on all the flashes and all the lights and all the bells to say, jackpot, everybody, this is the big deal. Blessed are you. This is where salvation comes and it's not from you. It's from my Father in heaven who is bringing out the fullness of salvation from this recognition. So if you're a believer, you see that Jesus really is who you need more than anything and everything else. and it's that same moment as, as Peter here. I and mean, it doesn't always feel that way. It doesn't always feel the, the lights in the jackpot. Jesus did that here. But the same truth happens. Often happens without those bells and, and whistles. Sometimes not even recognize how significant it is until later. Um, but still to, you begin to know that Jesus is yours. And he is for you. And he has loved you. And that he leads you forward and is developing you, that you belong to him and in every moment you need him. And listen, if you haven't answered uh, that question that way, uh, as you hear Jesus saying, who do you say that I am, uh, then keep learning Jesus. And here's the good thing. You have the answer key right? Here you flip to the back of the book. There's the answer key. Now you just have to figure out how how that's the answer that makes sense, how that's the answer that matters to you. Here really is who Jesus is. He's the promised Messiah that the whole world needs for our hopes for things to be made right, for us to be able to be reconciled to God and have a relationship with him. I love the way that Jesus develops his followers, uh, the way that he develops them right here, more than Peter I could realize. If you ever like helping little kids, I'll learn something. Uh, I enjoy doing this at times with my kids. You know, you, and you, you try to teach them some new skill, and it doesn't always go, right? There's lots of, of mistakes, along, like throwing the ball, right? And you, if I'm playing with Thomas or trying to learn the ball a few years ago, that would be a, you know, all right, the ball's going to grab, and then it's still just hands just go straight down, he's still holding the ball, Goes goes sideways, goes backwards, drops the ball, loses it. Um, but then there's that moment where the ball comes out at the right time and sails kind of over my head. And what do I do in that moment, son? That was awesome. You just did it. Did you see how you threw that ball? You you had your hand going forward and you let go at just the right moment, and the ball kept going that direction. That was awesome. And what does he do? His face like glows and he stands up a little a little straighter and a little more excited. And instead of being frustrated, now he wants to do it again. And he wants to do it more. Uh, right? Those times where you remember when you got something right and you didn't even realize how good it was. And then someone brought that out and you're like, oh, I want to remember this. I want to do this over and over. That's that moment for Peter. This is that question and that moment uh, for us to keep coming back and realizing, yes, Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is for me. Jesus is the one uh, that we need. He builds in, in that excitement for why it matters so much and how uh, it goes on. Um, and we can say why is Jesus's why is Peter's response uh, so right? Because you, you want to learn, say why was it that, that was that, that was the, the right thing? And this is what Jesus uh, brings out from it. Right? That it was the it was a gift of God, and not from Himself. Right, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. and he's like, guys, I'm the best. Of, I'm the best disciple. Check me out. I got the right answer. You guys are too slow to speak. I'm going to be the one at His right hand. Or is no, wasn't anything about you. Uh, wasn't your confidence? Wasn't your assurance? Wasn't that you understood it well enough or, or got it right in that sense? My Father made that known to you. Why didn't that get to the essence of salvation? That we are entirely dependent upon God's rescuing us, on him loving us and covering over any and all of our failures. That we can't rescue ourselves and he gives his love anyway. Despite and because of that, to bring us back to himself. The good news is not for achievers, it's for those who can't achieve, who can't uh, do enough uh, to, to be reconciled to God. Uh, the good news is not for the impressive uh, and the confident. It's for those who are weak and insecure and feel unworthy and unlovable. And here the love of God comes and says, can make that known to you, draw you in to the blessing of the fullness of salvation. And then Jesus goes on to show how much that's important and how it matters. Uh, he talks about the church and the kingdom. And I'll be honest with you, I picked uh, this passage uh, because I learned so much about the gospel and about the importance of the church in RUF. Uh, part of why I uh, came, came back and did RUF at Florida State. One of the things that I love from it, I love getting to, getting to help students see the connection of the gospel is always tied to the church. Um, and so I wanted to, to bring out uh, uh, these verses here when Jesus is like, "I will build my church." And for some of us, we were gathered, there were students from, uh, from 30 years ago, and their are families and kids that are growing and it's neat someone common just to see Christ still building his church through the gospel going out and going forward. And I sat down the passage and they're like, there's all these other connections. And I'm like, no, this is where God's leading me this way on the passage. Uh, I love that the doctrine of the church and ecclesiology, some of the most foundational things that I think we we need right now. But what Jesus is doing here, he's teaching the disciples how important that moment is and said, yes, you got it. You know how big of a deal this is? This is the ground bed for the whole group that I'm going to build. The whole assembly that I'm bringing into the new heavens and the new earth is built on that statement that you just made, Peter. This is the big deal. This is what unites all of, all of us, all believers together, is who Jesus is for us and nothing else. And when he talks about the keys of the kingdom, if you have other questions about that, I'd love to talk to you about it. What he's saying is this is what gets you in. Or, or keeps you out, it's getting this understanding of who uh, Jesus is. It's what Jesus will build his whole group on eternally. That and nothing else. Not, not money, not influence, uh, not, not race or power or morality or knowledge. But needing Jesus and being broken and having no other hope but him. And that makes an awesome assembly. That's what ties an incredible uh, tie together, makes an incredible group uh, tied together. Being all broken and not being this hierarchy of inner circle or who's important or not important or left out or or on their way up in this. But like we're all broken together and there was someone that loved us more than we could do. And so we want to reach one another and we want to bring others into that love and we want to help others through it. And Jesus says the gates of hell can't prevail against that. I know I'm belaboring the point, but that's what I do. Uh, jackpot. <laughs> it's the jackpot. He gets it right. Uh, and Jesus wants you to get it right. Keep learning Jesus. Uh, he's giving himself uh, to you constantly but after Peter gets it right then then oddly Jesus makes this statement to the disciples he charges them don't tell anyone that because Jesus doesn't really care about evangelism and stuff like that, right? Like, like no, absolutely not. What, what's going on here, right? So that's called about is the, the messianic secret, and some people are like, well, Jesus didn't really know whether he actually was the Christ. Like, absolutely not. He's leading them through all this, but the problem is uh, they've said the right thing, they've gotten the right answer, but their understanding of it, mm, still pretty off, right? He goes on the next verse to start talking about what the fundamental uh, work of the gospel is that he does, and they're like, what? <laughs> right, they get it, but they really don't get it yet. And if, they're, if they were to go around just saying, here's the Christ, what they're saying is, here is the one who's gonna bring us uh, earthly importance and power and maybe push Rome out and here our kingdom is in ascendancy and come and be part of this and bring your sword with it. We're taking over, right? Uh, and it misses the gospel, obscures it, hinders it. So we go from getting it right uh, secondly, the second part of the passage to, to getting it wrong, um, and the contrast of the second session, second uh, half of the passage is, is striking. Right? If it's the bells and the and the lights of the of the jackpot, and you're like, "Ooh, what ju- what just happened? We just had a severe turn uh, going on here." Um, but he goes and he tells them, uh and so he's bringing that out to say, since so you see the contrast that so we." So we get it, but we don't get it, and we need to keep coming back through. Keep learning uh, who Jesus is. He begins at this point, because he goes on and continues to keep teaching and developing his disciples, uh, he begins to tell them what matters about the gospel. If he's been talking about the person of Christ, now he begins to talk about the work of of Christ. uh, Focused in his death and his resurrection for us. That he's going to go to Jerusalem... He's like, you know what's going to happen now, guys? I'm the Christ. I'm the one who all your hope depends on. I'm going to be going to Jerusalem and all the important people, all the leaders there are going to turn on me and hurt me. Uh, And and I'm going to suffer many things from them. I'm going to be accused. I'm going to be mocked. I'm going to be spat upon. I'm going to be tried unfairly. I'm going to be fully and finally rejected. And I'm going to be killed. And obscurely to them that they wouldn't really have understand. And I'll and then I'll be raised. What does that even mean? Um, the, the core of the gospel is what's coming. This is what Jesus has come to do. Um, so it's not just this popular approval. As much as that's out there, where does that popular approval lead when it comes to the actual reality of what we need from Jesus? But a complete rejection of it. Um, and then Peter's response. Uh, It's really kind of laughable. I want you all to be able to enjoy Scripture uh, when you come to it and enjoy these moments. Uh, Here's Peter who's just said, you're the Messiah, you're the Christ, you're the absolute leader and hope of everything that we have. And Jesus says, and I'm going to go suffer, and I'm going to die, and then be raised. And Peter's like, Jesus, we need to come have a private conversation. I need to uh, instruct you in the way a little more clearly than that. And maybe Peter's read some leadership books, and so he doesn't publicly rebuke uh, Jesus, but he's like, people aren't going to want to keep following you if you're talking like that. We're all confident that you're going to make things right. You're going to get this going. You can't let your discouragement at these people kind of get you aside and feel like it's all just going to go downhill. Far be it from you, Lord. That'll never happen to you. You're like, oh, Peter, he missed it. Completely miss it. Uh, And if Jesus' earlier response made clear, hey, you did it exactly right. Bring all the attention on it. Um, You remember times when you've gotten it wrong? Where you messed up big time? And maybe that was your parents coming down on you. Maybe that was a friend that was so hurt that they laid into you afterwards. Maybe it was a boss. Uh, And anyway, whatever that mistake was, like it just kind of stays with us. We're like, oh. Was not I wasn't, never want to do that ever again. Oh, this was that moment for Peter, uh, right? What is? What does Jesus say to him? Can you get this? It's, it's as close as you can get to, uh, as close as you can get to. Like Jesus just about cursed me out one time. Okay, but here I mean, what did he say the first time? Blessed are you, Peter. Now, what does he say? Get behind me, Satan. woo uh, Right, the one who is the most uh, cursed, fully cursed by God, he's calling Peter by that name. Get behind me, Satan. That's what you're doing. You're on the other side of this thing. Do you realize how far off you are right now? And Peter's like, no, what? No. Uh, and when you're told... The gates of hell won't stand against what what this confession of faith and, and the gospel growing. And now what's he told? You're a hindrance to me. There's still a danger here. You're a trap that's trying to ruin this whole thing. It's the complete reversal of going against it and dragging it down. And again, Jesus developing his disciples uh, teaching them patiently and slowly, uh, step by step. And I'll just keep that going until the train passes, you know, so that we can finally get to it. Uh, Jesus, as he's, as he's leading them through that, how does he bring out for Peter what's so off about that? What was so wrong? How did Peter get to that perspective? You're setting your mind on the things of man. You're not setting your mind on the things of God but on the things of man. You're looking at it from an earthly way, an earthly mindset of what's, what's important, what's powerful, what's influential, and how could, the, how could this great redemption be accomplished? Well, it's got to be accomplished through what we can do. Exact opposite of what he was saying before. And something that cuts at the very uh, core of the gospel. And this is what I mean. Get it, but don't get it. Um, isn't, that, isn't that us? Isn't that constantly how we're looking at things? Jesus is amazing. We love to sing his praise and be united together in that. And then when it comes to like where all that might lead or where all that might go, hey, Jesus, I had a plan for my life that looked like very positive. And everyone was like me and for me. And here's how everything's going to work out nicely. And I'm not... Not worried, and there's not uh, not not opposition, right? All the all these things. This is what we want, and when God is doing not doing that, what are we? What are we like? Right, oh God. I guess I've got to do this on myself, or maybe I can. Maybe my prayers kind of look like God fixed this to be the way that I wanted it to be. Uh, here's Peter. He's going. That's not what we were aiming at, Jesus. That's not what we meant when we said you're the Christ. You've got it all off here. And P and Jesus says to him, Get behind me, Satan. It's the absolute wrong way to start off looking at it. And it's the way that I tend to start off looking at most things. I think that's true uh, for, for all of us with it. Um, so far off because it's the opposite of that first, first perspective. And then Jesus goes on to bring out how, uh, how wrong it is. Not just why it was off, but how wrong is it? Because um, here's what he says, right? I told his disciples... Instead of be quiet now, don't tell anyone about this now, this other side of it. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. Uh, Take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life would lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. In other words, just like the whole of the church and its growth and its building up depends upon that faith in Jesus outside of ourselves, the whole of the Christian life looks like following in that pattern of Jesus, of Him leading us forward. It looks not like getting everything that we want, everything ascending toward earthly fame or importance and sometimes God gives us those things, but all along the way, there are struggles in that. And what we're called to is just just follow Jesus, not to try to take our own way. It's like, so when you start to have that perspective of can things go my way, you're you're missing the gospel entirely. However much you've gotten it, you need to get it again. Jesus is saying, This is my life, the direction of my kingdom, the only hope for us that we can have a way to come to God is that someone stood in our place and was condemned, guilty, 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 and was executed and rejected by the Holy God, our Father. That's our only hope because that's what we deserve. And then that he could lead us forward and be raised from the dead and pronounced actually righteous and giving his righteousness to us and his spirit to us to lead us forward, that's our only hope hope of going forward. Mm, My was doing alright. This is who we need in Jesus. And the way he leads us forward, the the sanctification and progress of the Christian life often feels like this. Feels like diving down and you're about to hit the ground and what's coming. You don't know how it's going to go. Jesus says, follow me there. I am leading you through that. If you've seen me go through death and be raised for you, then when you are when it looks like you are losing everything, you wanted the world and you didn't get any of it, now it looks like you're going to lose all of it, follow me there. That's where life is for you. That's where my life is given for you. And you can be afraid of it, but you don't have to be. And you can be guilty, but know that that sin is covered. And you can be weak, but know that his strength is enough to lead forward through it. What I can say is, I don't get it. I don't get it, that feels too hard. How do we march that way? But keep learning Jesus. I keep hearing that question again. Who do you say that I am? hear the blessing of that, and then hear the way that he goes forward for us and leads us through it. So nearing the end of the message, I need to give you a warning that, uh, that this message is incomplete, as as every sermon is, uh, that, that it should in many ways feel, uh, feel inadequate. It doesn't get to all that's here. It's incomplete. So am I. So are you. And Jesus is leading us forward. There are are things that this message gets and things that it doesn't get and things that you get from it and things that you don't and things that I don't even see that Jesus is making known to us here. And Jesus is patient with us and Jesus leads us forward and rejoices as as we see the truth of who he is and corrects us as we get off course of that. Keep learning the gospel. I keep learning a Jesus. He keeps giving himself to you. And he's the one we need and the only one that we need. And he gives the fullness of life to you despite all else that comes as we see him as the Christ, as our Messiah.